Hi, everybody. Welcome to Busy Living Sober. It is episode 296. 296. And today's episode is sponsored by Soberlink. As we know, addiction is a serious issue that needs to be addressed in our country. Nearly 15 million people in the U.S. have an alcohol use disorder, and that's alcohol only. Only 10% of those people get treatment. This can only be attributed to the stigma that surrounds addiction and how, um, and how nobody wants to talk about it. Soberlink, just like Busy Living Sober, strives to erase the stigma of alcohol addiction. Their remote alcohol monitoring tool has helped over 500,000 people to become more accountable in their sobriety. Their voluntary system encourages connection and honesty, which helps to rebuild trust and maintain sobriety. I've teamed up with Soberlink to create the resource guides, tips for keeping busy living sober for those in recovery. Visit www.soberlink.com and download the resource and someone you know can benefit from accountability of alcohol recovery. You'll also find a form on that page to sign up for a $50 promo code. So again, that's www.soberlink.com slash BLS for busy living sober. I'm coming to you today um, on this Wednesday morning, uh, May 11th, 2022. My back is killing me. I just had to throw that out there. And I just had to tell everybody that I'm not feeling great and I'm going to the doctor this morning and I cannot wait because my back's killing me. But my topic today is um, I just want to talk about feelings and getting in the moment and being in today rather than being in yesterday and being in tomorrow where we aren't yet, where we haven't gone to yet. We're not in tomorrow yet and getting in today. So um, I have a friend, new friend from Dallas who um, wrote to me last week. And by the way, I hope all the listeners that are moms had a great Mother's Day this past weekend. Um, But my new friend wrote to me and she was talking about how she had been thinking about her past and all this remorse and regret and shame she had, right? Like all of us do when we get sober. It's so, I mean, as I just mentioned in my, um, in my little advertisement for Soberlink, you know, there's so much shame associated with addiction and there's so much shame and remorse for stuff we did while we were in our addiction. And um, I, for one, still have stuff, you know, here I am six, whatever, 15 plus, uh, you know, 15. And I don't know how many months later I have that I've been sober. I still have some of those remorses and regrets for things that happened during my drinking. And, um, I just think as human beings, a lot of us, and I don't think it's just alcoholics. I think everybody has this sense of like, I wish I could have done this differently. Um, I, what could I have done differently? And I learned, you know, it's interesting because we all have this, this sense of like, if I knew now what I know, would I have done the things I did? And I think the answer for a lot of us is um, I might want to change a couple things, um, but it is what it is. And I have to be okay with it. And how do we get through with that? Like, we used to, at least for me, I drank because I didn't want to have a feeling. I didn't want to feel who wants to feel, who wants to think all the time. It's just when, especially with alcoholics, I think we overthink, 
We overcompensate. We overly process things. It's hard for some of us to make decisions. It's hard for some of us to get out of the way and say, you know what? I'm just going to let go. I'm going to really let go. Oh no, I want to know what's going to happen in the future. I want to know that if I do A, B, C, and D, I'm going to get this, this outcome. And for fortunately or unfortunately, that never is the case, right? Um, I know for me, for instance, I have had, um, I, you know, when I first got sober, I was so overly focused on what I had done in my past. And um, I had all that regret and shame. So of course I coined the phrase sober, not ashamed. And I had it patented. I'm so crazy, but I did. And um, because I had so much shame, right? And I thought that if I go out there and I do the exact opposite of shame, now shame is like remorse, it's guilt, it's all these feelings. So I wanted to go and just, so, and I didn't know this at the time, I'm saying this as of today in 2022, not in 2006, not 2007, not 2008, today in 2022, um, 15 plus, 15 years. And I don't know if it's from age or how long I've been sober. What I don't know which came first, chicken or the egg, and does it really matter? I just know today I feel this way. So how I feel is that I look back at when I, when I decided to do so or not ashamed and how I was always, always out there with my sobriety. I always told everybody, I said, I'm sober now. I'm sober now. And, um, I know that there's this tradition in, um, in the 12 steps that says, you know, anonymity is our primary purpose. And I understand that other people want to be anonymity, but for me, anonymity was like, I couldn't go and be in the closet with this. I couldn't, I had to be out there and I had to get in, I had to tell everybody. So every time, um, I went into a part and this is from the very, very, very beginning. Um, I would go in and I tell somebody like a good friend, I'm like, I'm not drinking anymore. I'm not drinking anymore. People be like, don't you want to drink? I'm like, I'm not drinking anymore. And it was like my safety net. I needed for everybody to be like, this is who she is. This is what she is. And, um, take it or leave it. It was like, for me, it was like, take it or leave it. I needed to stay sober. So for me, whatever I could do out in the world that could say, you know what, this is what I'm doing. And great, your game, great, you're not, maybe you're judging, maybe you're not, it doesn't really matter, but this is what I'm doing. I am sober and I'm not ashamed. Now, I think if I were being totally honest, which I am always on this podcast, I probably was still ashamed. I was still ashamed that I had this, but I was going to be so adamant about it that I was going to shove it down your throat. And I was going to be like, you have to accept me for being this person. You might not like it, but this is who I am. And, um, and we've got to accept it and keep running forward. It was like, because for so long, I felt like, and this, I don't know how anybody else felt about me on the outside, but I know inside, I was like, I'm a drunk. Like people know this about me. I am like, I get drunk. I do stupid stuff. I get myself in situations I would never get myself into. Um, I was so ashamed of all my behavior for so long that I was like, you know what? I'm going to show you all that now I am, I am like, I am, I am an alcoholic. This is me and I'm sober now. So, and I'm not ashamed of that. And um, today it has a totally different connotation than it had back then. But I had, again, I had so much shame that I was like, I am going to do the exact reverse. Instead of being 
I feel like some people that are shamed stay inside. They, they feel they, you know, the pity party gets so big. They then pick up a drink, right? Because they feel so bad at what they've done and they can't get past that. They can't get past the self-forgiveness. And I don't believe that, um, the self-forgiveness comes right away. I don't believe that. Um, I think all of this takes time and, um, I know for so long, at least for me, I wish time away. I wanted my kids to be big. I wanted to be out of this situation. I wanted to be in the next situation. I wish things away all the time. And um, I wish time away. And then I wanted time, to, I wanted to work. I wanted to be like, I wanted to be okay in my sobriety. I wanted to like, there's these 12 steps in um, Alcoholics Anonymous. And I wanted to graduate from those, summa cum laude. I wanted to get done with all 12 and be done with it. And like, check, I did that. I'm good now. I'm good now. I'm good now. And I don't know where we teach everybody that there's this checklist that we, once we, we check these things, everything's going to be great. And we're going to feel like, ah, amazing. Um, that didn't, that didn't happen for me. Um, I had a lot of shame I had a lot of remorse. I had a lot of sadness. I had a lot of stuff that I had done that, um, and stuff that was thrown in my face. I, I, I wasn't, um, for better or for worse, I didn't have people around me, especially my family that was like, oh my God, this is great. Let me help you. It's like, let me hold your hand. Let me make you feel, no, it was more not like that at all. Um, so I was kind of like a man on an island with my kids. And, um, and with the friends that I made along the way, but it was me and my kids all the time. And, um, they were little, so I still had a lot of stuff to do with them. And it was a great excuse that I had my kids. So, um, I became, I, I, I was so like, I had done things in my life that were not like some, again, I, I, I just like things with my kids. And I'm just going to give you one example because I know you guys can all relate that are out there, but I drove um, like my car when my kids were in it and it wasn't once um, numerous times I drove my car when I probably shouldn't have been driving. I know I shouldn't have been driving my car. If somebody had crossed the street, I wouldn't have been able to slam on the brakes. Um, I was not at my full faculties to be able to be driving my car. I remember when my kids were little, I would part, I'd like, I put them to bed and party my ass off. Um, I think my one saving grace, and this isn't to rub anything into anybody, but by the time that they were teenagers, you know, and I'm like, don't drink because we all tell our kids not to drink and we tell our kids not to smoke weed and we tell our kids not to do all these things. Um, and a lot of parents are doing those things, but for me, I wasn't. So I, I, it gave me the opportunity to say, see, I used to do those things. I don't do them anymore. And now today, you know, you guys, I don't want you to drink. And do you see what happens? And they're like, okay. It didn't persuade them not to drink. Actually, last night, my son Henry's home and he's 22 and he, he was talking about stories in high school. It's like, do you remember when this happened? Mom, do you remember when this happened? I was like, yes, 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 yes. I do remember. Now, if I were drinking, I definitely would not have remembered all those things that happened. And um, I was telling my friend in Dallas, my daughter and I were just having a conversation a couple nights ago. Of course, I don't know why we start talking to our kids in the middle of the night. Like we start having a deep conversation, it's 1030. And by the time you're done, you're like, it's 130 in the morning and you're still having this conversation. You're like, I got to go to bed. But for some reason at night, all the truths come out. And we were talking and she's just like, mom, I'm just so proud of you. 
because um, it's interesting. So many people have said to me before, you know, isn't it hard to stay sober? It's so hard. How did you do it? It's so hard. I need to commend you for being sober. And I, 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 I appreciate those accolades. I appreciate the people saying that it's hard. I get it. Um, but it's not that hard when you realize what it is that you have. And um, for me, it was, it's been, you know, when I got sober, I was just, I've been drinking too much. And, you know, I have, I have people that I've worked with that are like, well, none of my friends thought I was an alcoholic and nobody thought this, and nobody thought that. And I, I had some friends that I was no longer friends with that thought I drank too much, but most of the people I hung out with towards the end of my drinking drink just like I did. So they weren't offended at all. They weren't like, oh, okay, you drink too much. They were kind of like, uh, what's the big deal? You drink just like the rest of us. It's not a big deal. And, um, but for me, it was a big deal. And so, and it didn't matter what anybody else said. They're like, you don't have a drinking problem. Even my family, you don't have a drinking problem to stop. And I'm like, you're not an alcoholic because again, the stigma that's associated, oh, that's associated with addiction was so big that people thought, well, you have to be living underneath the bridge. You have to have your bottle in a bag. You have to be down and down and out. And I was like, no, I'm not any of those things. I'm not down and out. I haven't lost everything yet. And yet being the operative word, but um, I had lost myself, right? I didn't even know who I was. So to come to have people say like, it's amazing. I, the alternative is there's no alternative. I can't go back and start drinking again. I already know what happens. I tried it so many times and I didn't try it knowing that I was trying it. But like, I think back I'm like, oh, I'm only gonna drink one dirty martini. I'm only gonna have red wine. I'm only gonna have white wine. I'm never gonna mix it with, I'm never gonna do shots. I'm never gonna do this. That was my way of trying to control my drinking before I even stopped and it never worked because I would say, oh my gosh, I'm going to do this. And then I, I do it. I, I you know, cause once the alcohol is my system, I change, right. All of my, all of my abilities, faculties that are able to stop me from making these, some decisions have disappeared. Um, I am now running on fear and I'm just like whatever there's no filter it's really bad so for me you know realizing I did a lot of stuff when I was in my addiction and it still is not good stuff that I did but I don't regret it any of it I wish it was different but it isn't um acceptance I had to accept that this is the way things are today and you know that's I have to accept the way that is how it was. And, you know, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. So I can admit that I was acting diff that acting in a manner in which I didn't like. And for that, I can make apologies. I, we call them amends sometimes. I can, um, I can own my side of the street. I can, um, I can be there, you know, um, I can admit it. I, I don't have to say, you know what? I'm too ashamed to even admit this. No, I can admit my problems. I can admit where I screwed up. I can admit to my kids that I was not always the best. I can admit to my ex-husband. I can admit to other people that were in my life. And um, I can admit to myself that um, if, if there was such thing as a time machine and I could go back and change some things, yes, I would, but I can't. So 
today I'm going to be different than I was back then. I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm not going to do the behavior that I did that I regretted so much, the behavior I had while I was drinking. If I'm sober, I can make that choice and not behave that way anymore, right? Because you're in charge of your own body again. You're in charge of every faculty in your body. So you can make the choice not to act the way you did while you were drinking, right? You can act, you can say, you know what? I'm not going to do that anymore. And you might screw up and act the way you did while you were drinking. And then that means take a deep breath, take a time out, time out, time out, time out. Um, I've always taken timeouts. My kids, I'd be like, you have to take a time out. And they'd be like, I don't wanna take a time out. I'm like, mommy's gotta take a time out. I gotta go take a time out. As an adult, I have to say to my kids today, I need a minute, let me go in my room. I'm gonna take a minute. And I take that minute and I regroup and I breathe and I get to this place where I'm like, okay, I can move on now. Um, I can be, I can change it because again, we have to get to this place where we acted a certain way and not as alcohol as being our crutch or our excuse and that we were an alcoholic, but it is a good excuse, but still we don't want to look like that person. That's always blaming everything on that. It is always us. And it was always me that chose to pick up that first drink. So, um, my choice of now I don't pick up that choice. So yes, it's commendable that I've stayed sober this long time, but there is no alternative. It's like, all right, yeah, I'm going to pick up a drink and get myself into a situation that is going to make me hate myself again. It's going to make me make choices. I don't want to, that I'm going to regret. I, I, why would I ever do that again? And it might not happen the first time I do it, but I'm not willing to take Russian roulette with my life. I'm not willing to say, you know what, I'm gonna try this and see if I act differently this time. Mm-hmm, no, you know, and there's alcohol in my house. I, you know, I see it all the time. I mean, my back refrigerator, my kids are here, I have guests. So there's alcohol here, um, but I definitely, I look at it and I acknowledge it, I respect it. I say, yeah, that's something that's in there that I cannot have, um, but it's also like, I can't have ice cream. You know, I can't have dairy or my stomach kills me, right? I can't. I eat dairy and I want to get sick. Uh, uh, you know, poor JF is like, oh my God, you're moving around so much last night. And I'm like, oh, that's dairy I had. I can't have dairy. I can't, I, that's just, a, I can't. Gluten, I can't have gluten. I, it makes me feel puffy and it makes me feel gross. And you might say, well, you know what? Everybody drinks. Well, everybody eats gluten and everybody eats dairy almost. And you go to parties and everybody's having dairy. Everybody's having dips that have sour cream in them. Everybody's having, um, everybody has gluten, everybody's bread and chips and stuff that's got gluten in them. And we say, well, wait a minute, I can't, everybody drinks. Why can't I drink? Well, you know what? If you've got a gluten intolerance, you're not going to go and say, you know what? I'm going to go eat a big thing of bread. You know, you've got an allergy to alcohol. You drink alcohol. I don't care, you know, you don't like yourself when you do it. You wake up the next day and you're like, why did I do this again? Why did I do this again? This doesn't happen when I don't drink. This doesn't happen when I don't drink. I don't wake up feeling remorseful. I don't wake up going, oh my God, I just, I just, you know, it's like when you eat gluten and you're like, your joints hurt, your fingers hurt, your legs hurt. You can't do what you want to do. And um, you've got to watch it. You know, I have, I just found out I have psoriatic arthritis. So I can't even think of having that stuff. Why would I think that I could actually drink again? You know, it's, um, it's not up for debate. It's part of my life that it's like, you know, I don't do that anymore. And, um, 
But because I think in the very beginning, it's getting comfortable in your skin with this whole new thing. It's just like getting comfortable being, you know, gluten intolerant. I think there's all these certain things that we become as we grow up, as we get um, older and we recognize things in our life that we can no longer do. And um, drinking being a big one, you know, it um, because the drinking actually affects the way our feelings are, it affects how we act. It affects, because I think it gives, at least for me, it gave me this, I didn't have a filter. And so I'd say things and do things that I never would have done if I weren't drinking. Because I feel like when you're drinking, the choices is all gone. You know, it's the, all the choices are gone. I have said, I think many times on this podcast, and if you didn't hear it, um, you know, when you're an alcoholic and when you drink and drinking is your thing. And I don't want to use that word alcoholic to make you feel bad. I just use that word alcoholic because it's what just, it's the best description for me because I drink alcohol and, you know, in a way that, um, that is not normal. So that's the phrase it's called. And I know a lot of people hate that word alcoholic, but anyway, not to digress. Um, when I, you know, when I realized that I was an alcoholic and I wanted to admit it to the world, I really wanted to admit it to myself. And then I went out there and told the world because I wanted everybody to look at me and say, oh my God, she's changing. She's not going to be that girl that falls out of the, falls out of the cocktail party. Um, I don't process alcohol like everybody else. And um, it gave me this... Um, it was hard to, to say, this is me and get comfortable in it. Cause I've been doing it for so long. Right. I do. It was my whole life. Right. It was, I was a cocktail party. I went to um, at dinner parties. I was at social benefits. I was doing all these crazy things with a dirty martini in my hand and, um, and a carton of smokes, you know, that I was not, you know, I wasn't what the stereotypical alcoholic looked like you know, right. I didn't, I, I lived in a nice neighborhood. I had one really great zip code. I had a great car, da, 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 all that other stuff, bag, shoes, all that stuff that they say an alcoholic doesn't have. And, um, I had nice kids. Look, I had great kids and, um, and they all looked put together and, um, but it was on the inside was about for me, it was an inside job. It was how I felt about myself on the inside. So the fact that I needed to stop it was a big deal in that I had to change my friends and I had to change, um, I had to change the way I did certain things in the very beginning, because for me, again, I was, I've always been very social. So in the very beginning, I didn't want to go to all those parties. And I talked about this last week and I told people that I wasn't drinking and some people, I think people, most people that have a problem with alcohol really don't want to be around us. They're like, wait a minute, you don't drink. I don't want to be around you. I've totally had that happen where I live now. And, um, but I had to get past that. I had to get past the fact that, okay, these might not be my people and that had to be okay. They weren't my people. There's going to be some people that are your people and some people that aren't your people. 
And um, I had to differentiate and realize that um, I was more important. My, my life, me was more important than these friendships, these relationships, these parties, everything else. I had to realize that my most important thing was me and these things sober. Now for me, I also had this great um, excuse was kids, I young kids. So I was like, I have to do this for my kids. I think any age your kids are that you get sober is a total gift to them. I don't think it matters how old your kids are, but I think that doing that for your family is just such a gift because I can tell you that I've had many times where my kids are at, especially in the beginning of college, my, when my kids went to college, especially my oldest, because he, you know, he's a frat boy. He did all that stuff. And, um, he got to college and he hadn't been, I mean, he'd been around parents that drank, but not like in a partying setting where everybody was like, now we are all the same age and we're all partying together. And I think that totally happens when people are kids are freshmen in college, they go to college and the parents can now drink with them, right? Because now they're not in high school anymore. They're grown up. They're going to college. They aren't living in their house. Now the kids have become this certain thing, like they're kind of their friends and they start drinking with them. And um, it's, it's, um, I don't think parents know how much their kids are kind of like, not offended, but they're like, what? My dad drinks like that. My mom drinks like that. I don't think anybody realizes it. And um, because I think kids put us on a pedestal. And I think when we go to college, then all of a sudden the parents are now our friends and it kind of changes. And my oldest mom was like, mom, I'm like, what? He's like, there's all these moms and, you know, moms look so good today. You don't even know that they're a mom. So they tie yellow balloons on the mom's backs. So, you know, it's a mom because they party just as much as we do they stay up and they party with us. And I was like, oh my God. He's like, I'm so happy. That's not you. I'm so happy. That's not you. And then I'd have kids. Like I, there was one boy, um, I'll, I'll never forget it. His dad just overindulged with the kids. Cause you know, kids in college always overindulge and this parent, this dad overindulged with his son and the party went on and the dad kept going with the kids and was up all night. And then the morning comes and the kids find the dad outside. It started raining. The dad was passed out in a chair, a lawn chair in front of the house. And these kids are like, oh my God, how mortified was that boy whose dad that was? The kid was like, I remember him coming up to my son going, oh my God, you're so lucky. Your parents don't drink. Oh my God, your parents are like not acting like that. Now, obviously, if you don't have a problem drinking, who cares? Like you're not going to go to that extreme. But if you have a problem drinking like I did, if I were drinking when my kids were in college and doing the fraternity stuff, I'm going to tell you something. I would have just been like that dad out there. There's no way I wouldn't have been like that. Maybe somebody would have brought me inside because they just would have. But I, I would have just been exactly the same. I'm no better than that guy. I was, I'm not judging that person. I'm just saying I was been an exact, I'm not judging those moms with the balloons on their backs. I'm just saying I would have been the same exact way. And I don't think at the end of the day, we think about how it affects our kids. And especially as they get older, because, you know, it doesn't matter how old our kids are. 
They still want us to be the parent. They don't want us to be their friend. They might act like they want us to be their friend, but they really don't. They need, they have enough friends. And um, for me, I always said to my, they'd be like, I hate you. You're the worst person. I'm like, well, I'm not your friend. I have enough friends and you have enough friends. I'm your mom. So all I can tell you is I have a little bit more of life experience than you do. And I'm going to tell you undoubtedly that I love you more than probably anybody else will in your entire life. And, um, uh, my, what, what I'm trying to suggest to you is in your best interest and I might not get it right, but I will tell you my intentions are all good and not always everybody's intentions are good. So being sober and being there for your kids is an amazing thing. It's something that propelled me. It was an excuse for me to stay sober. And it still is to this day. I can't even imagine calling my kids and saying, oh my God, guess what? I started drinking again. Um, I, I think that would be give them a letdown. And it's not about them. It's about me. And so is it a huge accomplishment? I guess it's a huge accomplishment that I've stayed sober for 15 plus years. But I'll tell you this. I do it one day at a time. I still have feelings. You know, I'm dealing with this back pain right now. I'm, I'm obviously not going to go take some pain, major painkillers because I don't want to take anything that's addicting. Tylenol is my friend. So is Advil, but um, that's about it. So um, I, um, you know, I, I think that my feelings can change and um, all, at all times. So now looking back, so we're not ashamed was probably done because I wanted to make myself feel better and be like, this is who I am. And I don't care whether you like it or not, I'm going to be sober and I'm not going to be ashamed. And I was still ashamed and, but, but it helped. It just helped. It helped me. It was what worked for me. I mean, you guys have to do what works for you. Um, for me, it was just, it was, it was something and it's been able to help me. And I, a lot of kids have seen that I am, you know, that, that my kids are a sober mom and I'm not boring. I'm definitely not, bo not boring. And um, I still like to have fun. I like to have a lot of fun and lots of laughs. And um, I just, you know, I like myself a lot more than I ever did when I was drinking. And that is a huge gift to everybody that's around me. Um, I don't hate myself anymore. I don't wake up going, oh my God, what did I do anymore? Um, I've given myself a new lease on life. And for that, I am so grateful. And I'm so grateful for everyone that listened this morning or today or tomorrow or next week or next year or 10 years from now. I have no idea when you're going to listen to this, but it will be out there probably for a very long time. And um, I just want you to know that you're not alone. And that it's totally normal if you feel like you're constantly thinking about what you did before. But if you sit there and you waste your time thinking about what you did in the past, there's nothing you can do to change it except for be different today. That's all you can do is change for today. Yesterday's gone. Tomorrow's not here yet. And um, today's the gift. And be the best you can be each day. And um, be authentic and be you because there's nobody else. God only made one person exactly like you, and that is you. So love yourself. You are a gift to everybody around you and act like that. Be like that. Own yourself. Own, put your, you know, be like a chicken. Hold your head high, right? Be like a little rooster and hold your head high because if you didn't pick up a today, a drink today, it makes you a winner. And don't forget that. Even if you have to buy yourself a bottle to remind yourself, I bought myself a present because I haven't drank. Well, guess what? You deserve it because that is a huge feat. It is a huge feat. And in the beginning, it's hard. It's going to get easier, I promise. But it's hard. 
just got to make it a priority, always a priority, just like how you're going to treat your body, exercising and everything else. All right. I'm not going to keep babbling on. Take care, everybody. And remember, um, if you want to check out that silver link thing, if you want a, the, their device, it's kind of awesome. It can get, make you accountable if you need it. And it's at soberlink.com slash busy living sober or BLS for busy living sober. And you can get the resource guide too, if you want that. And remember that until next time, keep getting busy living sober. Don't worry about yesterday. Get in today. And um, you are not alone. You can always reach out to me. I promise you I will respond. And you can reach out to me at busy, B-I-Z-Z-Y, at busylivingsober.com. Or you can reach me at elizabeth at elizabethchance.com. Whichever one you remember, I, they both go to the same inbox. And um, if you like this, please subscribe to my channel and share it with a friend and see if they like it too, because I've had many friends that are not alcoholics that listen to this podcast and can relate to it hundred percent, because I think the stuff I talk about isn't all just about alcoholism. I think it's all stuff that we all go through as humans. So until next time, keep getting busy living sober. Bye everybody.